If you're a parent, you know that working through your own emotional wounds can be really challenging when you're also trying to care for young children. And I know for me, it's been a long journey of understanding how the inner work that I do not only transforms my life, but it's shifting and changing generational patterns. In today's episode, we're talking about how to heal your own childhood wounds while also being a parent. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. A few weeks ago, I had a pretty intense counseling session with my own therapist, and I've been doing some deep inner work around some specific relationships from my childhood. And one of the core pains that I have been really digging deeply, so deep that trying to find uh, the, the deepest root has been around the pain of abandonment. And those of you who are familiar with internal family systems, maybe you've heard me talk about IFS before on the podcast, but in the IFS paradigm, we are looking at lots of different parts of your internal system. And one of those parts we call exiles, which basically means the core pains or wounds that we carry. And often those pains or wounds are from when we're younger, um, especially prior to the age of seven, that's really the stage of our lives that we're forming our identity. And so when we have these significant life moments, um, significant memories, now when I say memories, I don't just mean things that you cognitively can recall. Those of you who've listened to the episodes about how our emotions show up in our body, how our DNA can store trauma, our body also holds, me- holds memories. So When we think about our childhood experiences or um, even hard negative experiences, you know, often those impressions are left on our system and we carry them sometimes um, not consciously into adulthood and not only into adulthood, but then when we have our own children, we begin to sometimes um, subconsciously repeat patterns and you know, we can talk about the nature versus nurture. Part of that has to do with how we observed our parents handling conflict, how we observed our parents 
um, maybe reconciling or not reconciling, how we observed them handling grief. I've given some of those examples in my own life. The way we see our parents regulate emotion is typically how we regulate emotion. Um, But it's also not just what we're observing. It's also within our nature. It's within, it's within our system. It's within our DNA. And so coming from a generation, and I'm going to speak to, you know, those of you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking especially to those of you twenties, thirties, forties. Um, we are really in a generation that is becoming more conscious of emotional health, becoming more aware of things like epigenetics, um, wanting to seek out counseling. There's less of a taboo around that, right? It's more accepted than even our parents' generation. Um, and so because of that, because even just two generations removed from us, right? Like my grandmother, she, she really didn't have a lot of resources or options for support. Counseling wasn't super common. You didn't really talk to people about your dysfunctional or abusive marriage at that time. And so I think because there was so much hiddenness and so much shame, you know, that's often how those who are, who are, who are my age, I'm, I'm 38, almost 39. And you know, in, in, in this age demographic, we, we are in this generation where we are now becoming more awakened than our parents when it comes to emotional health and self-awareness. We're, we're doing more inner work than maybe they have done, or we're aware of at least at our age when they were raising us. And therefore it creates this unique position that we are now in. If you are in a season where you have kids and that position is this, I'm now becoming aware of emotions and wounds and my inner child um, and and trauma that I'm trying to deal with now as an adult in process. Plus, I'm conscious of it enough that I don't want to mess up my kids, <laughs> right? As a counselor, like I don't want to send my kid to counseling. And I don't even like saying that because obviously I believe in the value of counseling and I believe that everyone needs a safe place. But the point is there can be this pressure where it's like, okay, now I'm aware of some of the ways I was raised. I'm aware of some of the patterns I don't want to repeat. And at the same time, sometimes I'm like subconsciously repeating them, not on purpose, not intentionally. And so when you have that awareness on both sides, it can be overwhelming because I often see that aha moment when I see men or women working through their own inner work and they get this revelation and then all of a sudden quickly shame comes in their own system because they're like, what does that mean for how I've been parenting? You know, because they're repeating the pattern. And so first of all, I want to say there is no shame in that. You, you repeat what, what you're not conscious of. You repeat what's been embedded in your system, but here's, here's the call. Here's the, here is the responsibility. Once you become conscious of it, once it's in your system, in your awareness, now you are responsible for taking that before God, for praying through that, for seeking counsel, for doing your own reflection, for getting the support you need, for for offering honesty and vulnerability to your to your spouse and to your friends. So that is a responsibility. So as I've been, I've been going to counseling for the last 20 years. And then obviously then became a counselor. And so I've been through many different phases of my healing. And so I want to talk about a few aspects of this, of what it looks like to heal our childhood wounds and at the same time also guide our children 
to hopefully being emotionally healthy earlier on than we necessarily were, but also just giving them tools to, to regulate themselves when we are also parenting imperfectly. And so I think, you know, a few words, I want to give us some vocabulary, right? You know, one of, one of the first words that comes to mind is trigger, right? We hear that word pretty commonly when we experience triggers in our adult life, often it's pointing to an exile or a pain from our childhood. And so a trigger is not something to feel shame about or to avoid. A trigger is actually a doorway. It's what we call a trailhead in IFS language. When I get triggered by something that one of my kids does, it's actually less about them. And it's more about this doorway into my heart, into healing my own childhood wounds. Now, obviously in the moment, I need to learn how to regulate and parent and course correct, but then I also need to take time to sit with that. I need to take time to sit with what was going on in me that I had this big emotional reaction and triggers might be snapping or yelling and irritability. A trigger could also be feeling shut down and going quiet and distancing or withdrawing. It's, it's a, it's a, a trigger is basically a more extreme reaction than what is warranted by the situation. So we, we have triggers that we're dealing with. We also have, you know, different stages of our healing that we're going through. So there can be things from my childhood that I'm like, Oh, like I had this, um, pretty traumatic memory from when I was six years old that involved my parents and, um, not something that happened to me, but something I witnessed. And, I often play that scene over in my mind and I've talked to my counselors a lot about it. I've worked through it. I feel like I've done a lot of healing work around it, but every once in a while that same memory will come up because I'm in another stage of healing and I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think sometimes in Christian culture, when we're doing healing work, like we often hang our hat on forgiveness. Like, oh, like I forgave my dad for that. Or, oh, I, you know, forgave my mom or forgave this person, like moved on, healing done. It's, it's, that's one layer. (laughs) Forgiveness for sure opens the doorway to healing. It's, it's an, it's a way to even find freedom for yourself from holding on to resentment and bitterness. But there's so many layers to the, to truly healing our childhood wounds that I've now just come to accept that my wounds aren't healed in a linear A, B, C, D, I'm done. But my childhood wounds are just areas of pain. They're pockets of pain within my system that sometimes get touched or prodded in different seasons of life in deeper ways. And so rather than being frustrated, like, oh, I thought I dealt with this dad issue or I thought I grieved that loss and getting frustrated that it's quote unquote bothering me again or affecting my life or causing triggers, I can actually have compassion and curiosity for myself to say, oh, Amber, of course you're feeling abandoned right now because this is a core wound in this current situation with a friend or with a boss or with a coworker is now reminding you it's now prodding that wound inside of your system. And so instead of being discouraged or thinking you haven't done the healing or you didn't go to enough counseling or you failed, you should actually posture yourself with curiosity, say, oh, like that's that's interesting that I had such a big reaction or, oh, wow, like I just noticed those words came out of my mouth and I didn't mean it. Like, why was I not present in that moment and sitting with it? Like, Jesus, how do you see this? Like, what do you see in me? 
What do you see about what's coming out in me through this situation? And now I sometimes, <laughs> maybe in a weird uh, counselor giddy way, get excited about when I get triggered because I'm like, oh, there's something here that I need to tend to. And I can do the deeper work with Jesus, with my counselor, with a friend, with my women's group, with, with, with my husband. And so I just encourage you as you're thinking about your experiences, especially those, those triggers or those, those big reactions, they're indicating that your system is saying, Hey, here's this area that you're now ready to deal with in a deeper way and tend to it, tend to it layer by layer, uh, depth by depth. And know that like eventually, like I, I do feel like there comes a point where you experience like a true sense of like peace and acceptance around some of these wounds. Um, I'm just saying it's not, it's not necessarily always permanent or finished. And we have to hold that at the same time that we hold. I don't always want to be in introspective mode, like always analyzing myself, always digging deep. Some of you are that way. Some of you are highly sensitive. Some of you are empaths, meaning if you're the type of person who walks in a room and you can feel other people's emotions, you can tell the person who feels left out. You can tell the person who feels insecure. You can tell the person who's dealing with rejection or self-doubt. You're an empath, like you're highly sensitive. And if that's true, people who are highly sensitive tend to be highly introspective and highly self-critical. And so we also have to be careful of this balance of that's why it's so important to partner with Holy Spirit. Like Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our counselor. And so when we allow him to highlight these things like, okay, God, I'm experiencing this trigger. I'm seeing this big reaction to myself. If there's something here you want to show me, you know, show me how you see this. There's something you want me to tend to. And just allowing that to be an invitation to come before God. Then we can get out of our heads with always feeling like we have to fix ourselves. And so as we think about this idea, okay, you're healing your own childhood wounds while also being a parent. I think we have to recognize that when we see patterns in our kids, sometimes that's the very thing that opens our eyes to our own wounding. And I mean, I've had multiple conversations with people in the last couple of weeks about this. <laughs> so for example, let's say you see your child start to be socially anxious. Um, you know, one of my kids for the first time just recently, it was just in the last few weeks was going to a birthday party and um, they were worried about, you know, am I going to know anyone there? And we, we picked out a present that she was excited about and then got nervous. Okay. What if she doesn't like it? What if she already has it? You know, what if no one talks to me? Like totally all these anxious things that I've honestly never heard her say before. And it just made me wonder like, one, is there anything I'm doing as a parent that's contributing to that anxiety? Um, dealing with some shame about some decisions we made like early on for her with school. Um, you know, I just go through my head of like, what can I do? What did I do to cause this? What can I do to change it? And so parenting is hard. Like when you're seeing these things coming out in your kids and then I start thinking, what in myself am I carrying that is reflecting that anxiety? Is it a mirror? Because sometimes our kids are mirrors to what is going on in us. And so as I think about observing my children, 
I, I realize I often have that experience where it's a mirror to what's actually going on in me currently or what I dealt with as a child. And therefore, it can lead to this direct correlation of, is the way I raised my child contributing to that pattern? Is it nature versus nurture? Is it a combination of both? Usually it's both, to be honest. Now, how do we pull out of the shame of that, of feeling like, oh, I I messed up my kid, or I caused them to be anxious, or I caused them to be insecure, or to, sh- to be shy? I've dealt with all those thoughts at times. Rather than sitting in that, I want to just guide you through three main points to navigate this healing journey as you're doing your own healing and also parenting. So here's point number one. Reflecting on what happened to you, specifically even within the first seven years. Identifying and naming that childhood wounds often result from things that happened to us, in front of us, around us, or within us. In the midst of pain, in the midst of a family system that, let's be honest, most of our family systems are have some degree of being dysfunctional. So did you witness something? Did you experience neglect? You know, neglect isn't always um, just physical. Sometimes it's emotional neglect. And then just sitting with this point number two, why did it happen? Right? This is a question that we often wrestle with. You know, we live in a sinful fallen world. We live in a world with imperfect parents, parents who are dealing with their own trauma and dysfunction. You know, I, I think that's, that's been something that I've had to wrestle with and accept in my adult years, you know, grieving my relationship um, with my mom and longing for a closer relationship. And also at the same time, I have so much compassion for her and I recognize she lost her mom in a very traumatic way at the age of 19. And she never had that experience of being an adult daughter connected to a mother who had an emotionally healthy, stable home life. She never got to, to do that. And so I I can have two kinds of grief, right? One kind is grieving the fact that I long for a closeness with my mom that I don't have. The other type of grief is like, I feel compassionate and sad for her that she didn't have that either. And so when we reflect on the why, right? It's not always, it's not about casting blame or fault. It's just about identifying some of the root causes and patterns, because let's be honest, some of the generational patterns that we're experiencing didn't start with us. It started with our great, 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 great grandparents, right? And so the fact that we are the generation that is conscious of it, that if you are currently right now, I'm going to ask you an honest question. Do you feel more emotionally healthy than your parents? Do you feel more spiritually mature than your parents? If that is true, then you are a cycle breaker. You are a change maker. You are a generational pattern changer. Okay, and if that's the case, then it's not just about your lifespan. You're shifting generations of patterns. And at the same time, if you're a parent, you're also stewarding and shepherding the next generation which is a heavy responsibility. And I want to be the first to say it can feel daunting. Even as a counselor, like I just sometimes feel like, oh my goodness, like how have I subconsciously passed on 
challenging patterns to my kids that I wish even now, 10 years into parenting, I could go back and change. And that's honestly also the beauty of having four kids is that with our youngest being, he he's almost three, I get to, I kind of get a redo. Like every child I've been able to be in a different season and feel more emotionally healthy. So in, in essence, they're experiencing me differently at each stage. Same personality, but from my perspective, I feel like more and more emotionally healthy. And so just learning to celebrate that, like it's not perfect. I still have days where I get triggered and I have big reactions and I have to apologize to my kids and seek forgiveness and restoration. But I'm, I get back up and I try again and I pursue counseling and I do the inner work and I seek out support. And that's not true for a lot of our parents' generation. They either lack awareness or they've never sought out counseling um, or they don't want to change. And that is what it is. There's like, we have to accept that. We have to accept that we can't change our parents, but what we can change is healing what is within us. And that's point number three, asking yourself what's yours to own and what's yours to let go. And here, if I could save you 10 years of my own struggle here, here's the, the cliff notes version. You cannot change someone who doesn't want to change. You cannot heal someone who doesn't want to be healed. You can't help someone who doesn't think they need help. That's what you need to let go. Your healing is not dependent on them. While you can't control what happened to you, you can do something about the consequence of it that is in you now, which might be the anxiety, the shame, the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, the anger, the irritability, the rage, the depression. You can do something about it. You can layer by layer, season by season, stage by stage, cultivate your own inner healing. And as you get revelation and breakthrough, you get to invite your kids into that. And especially my favorite part is that you get to model for your kids' relationship with Jesus. You get to model for them what it looks like to be dependent on a good father who loves his children enough that he disciplines and refines and corrects us. He is a gentle father. He won't push us too fast or too far, too hard than what we can handle. We can trust him. We can bring it to him. We can allow him to help us reparent ourselves and give us wisdom to know how to parent our children for a different pattern so that our ceiling would be their floor, that they wouldn't have to struggle in the ways that we struggle because they get a head start because we're doing the inner work to shift the pattern. So here's the big idea today. As you are parenting your children, your wounds will be exposed. Lean in with compassion and curiosity rather than running away or just continuing to repeat the old pattern. Here's what I want you to reflect on this week. What wound in you is currently being exposed? What situations, circumstances, or with what child are you having big reactions? Why is it being exposed? What is the result of? What has contributed to this pattern within your lifespan or generationally? And then finally, what can you own to start to tend to 
and heal that wound? And how can you be a good steward of that healing to shepherd and guide your children into emotional health? Thank you for being with me today. And I am so excited to get started on a new season series next week. You guys, we're approaching Thanksgiving, Christmas. We're going to talk all about emotionally healthy holidays. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.